Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of On the Road with Thorhammer. I believe this is episode 37. Uh, is that a lucky number? I don't know. Uh, we got shows coming up in uh, Des Moines, June 25th, Kansas City, July 1st. And Cave-In Rock, Illinois, August 27th, will be playing, and the show is a uh, outdoor festival. Just go ahead and uh, get on our Facebook and you'll see all of those uh, dates and links to those shows on our main page. Again, we did not have band practice this week. So there is uh, no band update necessarily. But we do have or I should say I do have a video update on my personal YouTube I've been posting videos of my first band, which I've discussed in length, called uh, Trapped Under Ice. And there is a bunch of uh, videos that I transferred from VHS by uh, filming my TV, it's as simple as that. And uh, they didn't come out to a uh, terrible quality. They, uh, it's pretty much the same quality you get on the VHS, so you take it for what it is. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoy the old school videos with my dumb looking hair. Find all that at YouTube channel Chris Nays. Uh, I think I wanted to... share a few different things about uh, when I joined Irie. So, this will end up being another uh, drum history slash weird things that happen at shows episode. And, um, well, let's start at the in-between period before Irie. I was pl- I was jamming around with the guys in uh, in Funkalicious, and I was contacted by Chris Willie at some point, wanting to know if I would come out and jam with him. Um, Chris Willie and Tony Hall, I knew vaguely from high school because they put, they opened for us at the, the Club Villa show. And they're friends of friends, so through probably Justin, I was contacted by Chris Will and he asked me if I wanted to come jam. Now, at this time, we were having some awful family stuff at my house. Um, 
my parents were pretty much on the verge of a divorce. So it was a huge bummer, but I, it really affected everything in my life at the time. Uh, I started smoking and drinking a lot. And it started getting out of hand, but I, of course, when you're 16, 17, 18, you feel fucking invincible, so it didn't even, it didn't, I didn't feel like it was, but it totally was taking over my life, so, anyway, Chris Willie calling me to come and jam with him seemed like a really good opportunity. Uh, even so much that I was barely speaking to my mom at the time, and I took it to her and asked her about it, which is was way not my normal thing, you know? Like I said, I was barely talking to her, so for me to go and bring something to her was kind of um, strange at the time. So anyway, yes, I did take the opportunity. I, uh, I tried out in Chris Willie's dad's garage out in Cedar Hill. Chris Willie picked me up from Herculaneum, not realizing that it was so far away. So thanks, Chris, for coming and picking me up when I didn't have a car yet. Um... And the situation behind me joining, or me trying out, was that Rob, their old drummer, had, and it's the same Rob that I played in Steve with, Rob Wood kind of left them high and dry and moved far enough away that he wasn't going to be able to be in their band anymore. So I was called... And I listened to a recording they had. It was the only recording that they had up to that point. I listened to a recording of them playing live at the high point for a radio, an independent radio show in town called uh, KDHX 88.1. And anybody in St. Louis has heard of it. Or should have heard of it. Uh, they support independent music, and they've played Thor Hammer before, so um, I like them. But, uh, I believe Chris Willie told me one time that they maybe were under the impression that they were a reggae band, <laughs> which is very much not the case. So, I listened to the recording of them playing... And it was Rob Wood's basic stuff. Uh, he, he he really only had one kind of style of playing punk rock or uh, or uh, screamo or whatever you called it at the time. It's those labels that they give bands are always kind of weird anyway. So. But I kind of got the gist of what he was going for, and they gave me a license to play as I like, and uh, I 
I just told him, you know, if there's anything they want me to switch around, just tell me then, so... But the jam went really well. And I started my eight to nine year journey as drummer of Irie. Uh, Irie was a band that was part punk rock, very much punk, punk rock uh, sensibility to it. Uh, but it was part, I guess it was part reggae. throw some Pennywise and Bad Religion and Sublime all together and you kind of got what we were doing. And uh, we played along, with the help of Justin Poole booking us most of the time, we played alongside respectable bands in St. Louis and uh, it always, like I said, it had a punk rock sensibility, it was always pretty ragtag and we did our thing and didn't worry too much about what the style of music we were playing with and what what the bands were we were playing with. We just kind of did our thing. and It got a little metal at, at times, too, so we fit along those kind of bands as well. It was a nice mix. Um, if, but, you know, if, I wouldn't have joined the band if it didn't feel right. It was kind of simple and fun and... I, I punched up the drums as much as I could. And uh, the guys, Chris, Tony, and Jesse were always a great hang. And, and, uh, and I think that, I think that band, I think I stayed in that band for so long because I was happy with them and I was having fun. And it, in hindsight, it really represents to me uh, not wanting to let go of, uh, of being a, just having fun and being a, a kid, you know, and uh, that goes hand in hand with punk rock. You don't. We, we never took ourselves too seriously. And uh, it went it went alongside of the drinking and smoking weed and all that kind of stuff very easily. It wasn't a stretch by any means to have that stuff as our as our uh, partner in crime, you know. I wanted to talk. I we I if you go back to the uh, one of the drum history episodes I did with Tim Pickerel, we talk a lot about being in the studio with Irie that first time, and that was like right after I joined with him. It was maybe like six months in, maybe less than that started doing that stuff so go and check all that out there's two full episodes of just me talking about being in the studio with Irie um the second time we recorded was many years later probably three or four years later uh we recorded with these guys that we used to play with all the time called Remedy 
actually the bass player of that band, I can't remember his name, I think it might have been Dan, maybe, but, uh, we put out a four or five song EP, I guess you would call it, because it's shorter, there's, uh, that's the only reason I would call it an EP. It was never really even officially released, And the guys and I just really didn't see eye to eye on that. Like, I wanted to be professional about it and get them printed up and sell them to people. But I think their view on it was that our fan base was so small that it wouldn't even really matter. And they had already given it away to most of the people. By the time I made it an issue, they had already given it away. So... It was a fun recording experience, though, and uh, I actually had a broken double bass pedal at the time. And I was going to borrow it from our friend Jared, but I couldn't get a hold of him on the day of. So, and this is a pro a, a pro tip about Guitar Center uh, exchange policy. All you got to do is buy the thing on a credit card. Use it for your recording. And as long as you don't damage it, you can take it back. And honestly, even if you did damage it, they might still take it back. Uh, they didn't ask me any questions, really. I just used it took it back. So, if you're ever in dire need of equipment and you can't afford it, but you do have a credit card. That's all you got to do. Uh, another thing that happened with the Irie dudes. We were going to the strip club for our friend Clint. His, uh, his 21st birthday. We went to the east side. And went to a strip club. And, uh. Almost as soon as we got there, I went in the back to get a private dance. Because I guess that was how I was feeling that night. <laughs> and I come back out and our group of about 10, 15 people is all missing. Finally, I tracked down one of them. And he tells me that everyone got in a huge fight with the security and a cop pepper sprayed Chris Willie and he's in the bathroom trying to wash his eyes out. So we run in the bathroom, we get Chris Willie and sure enough he's crying his eyes out and he's and he's just screaming and uh, luckily I was not involved in any of this but Rob go, uh, Rob our friend Rob tried to uh, move some money over on the uh, stage from one place to another, and there was a misunderstanding. And the security attacked the uh, our entire group of friends, but we escaped. Is one of many occasions that I escaped without further issues with the law I drove Chris Willie all the way home from the east side to Cedar Hill with him crying in my back seat 
Um, thankfully, I was not pepper sprayed. Uh, weird show story. We played upstairs in this bar in St. Louis off of 55 somewhere. And the, uh, the MC for the show was actually Clownvis, which uh, some local people know who he is, but he was on American America's Guy Talent. And they lauded him, but uh, I thought he was awesome. And the first thing at the show was a bunch of burlesque dancers. And that is of significance because one of them was dancing, as burlesque dancers want to do. She was dancing to a Zeppelin song called Custard Pie, and I was really digging that, but... Uh, she lit her hair on fire after a, uh... After a fire swallowing act that she was doing. <laughs> yep. She lit her fucking scalp on fire. And then we go on. We start playing, doing our thing. And the entire crowd leaves, except for one, except for uh, a girlfriend of one of the band members. Everyone left. And that's one of, I don't know, that might be the only show where they just told us to stop. Uh, so that was interesting show experience with Irie. Uh, and another weird show that we did uh, we used to play at this place called the Red Sea back then all the time and it was in it's in Del Mar it's not there anymore but it's pretty close to Blueberry Hill across the street and maybe down a half a block or so and it was uh it was this place that had Ethiopian food, <laughs> and then in, in the basement was a super old school bar, and had a little stage, and I could just imagine people playing there during like maybe Prohibition or something like that. Like it seemed like it could have been hidden downstairs in that place back in the day in the basement of that club. But anyway. We played there constantly, and this one show was a Halloween show, which we did almost every year that I was in the band, because we didn't always play at Red Sea, but we always did some kind of Halloween show, because Tony's birthday is on Halloween, so everybody's dressed up, we're up, getting ready to play our set, I think Matt Green might open that show. And, um, I should say that Tony is, uh, dressed in a Elvis, uh, one piece. It's all, it's red and has sparkles all over it, and he has, uh, funny sunglasses on and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> Tony gets so plastered by the time we get on stage and playing that he's pretty much incoherent, uh couple songs in the set, I remember him just laying down and not playing, he never played a note 
along with us that I can recall. Like, I... I don't think that he played any song whatsoever. Uh, but... Nonetheless, every... After we finished every song, he was getting cheers and people chanting his name. And it was completely insane, but... (laughs) By the end of that set... Or at the end of that set, they picked him up on their... The crowd picked him up on their shoulders. And were uh, cheering his name. And it was really something to see. I... There are, there's definitely photos on the old Irie Facebook that you can find of that night. And, uh, really these weird show experiences kind of speak to what being in that band was like. It was always, it was always something happening. It seemed like nothing ever really went 100%. (laughs) <laughs> like it should. And actually, pretty much every band that I've ever been in has been like that. And you just have to... That's what being in a band is like. That's what being a musician is like. You just roll with the punches. That's all you can do. And uh, it was a great It was a great time. Until it became not a great time. And, uh, I think I'm going to leave you on that with this week. Thanks to everybody for listening. And I hope you, uh, continue to listen. And I think I still have another, uh, Thor Hammer track to share with you, so, Tim, it's the end of the show, start the thing.
Dios, 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 Dios,